I'm Teffer. I'm Bailey. And I'm Eunice. Welcome to Yeah, a show where we talk about young adult lit and what it can teach us at any age. This is our book club and you're invited. Yeah. Yeah. We'd like to take this time to acknowledge that the studio where we record is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. We encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and the Indigenous communities of that area. With this in mind, we're excited to announce that in November, we're going to be observing Indigenous Peoples Month by reading books by Indigenous authors. We are currently uh, accepting and inviting recommendations for books by Indigenous authors. These can be Indigenous authors um, from any area, but especially, you know, colonized territories. Um, And so we're, we're so excited to get into that project later in the year. But for now... We're doing a book roundup tonight, and we're talking about books that make us get that back-to-school feeling. It's September, the air's starting to change. I think Starbucks probably has pumpkin spice, but I haven't been to a Starbucks since March. Classes have started. People are not going back to campus, but they're making campus in their hearts. I guess some people are going back to campus. And we're talking about books that make us think of school. How are we all doing? campus in our hearts yeah it's a very so I am going back to school I'm embarking on my last year of grad school from home uh doing a field placement online and it's 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 weird times so I have definitely been it's a weird year for back to school I haven't been feeling that like September rush that I usually do so Maybe after this episode, I will have to pick up either one of the books that I'm talking about or that one of you recommend and try and get myself um, into that into that back to school excitement. Yeah, fall is always an exciting time. I haven't been in school for a really long time, so I don't like have that same back to school feeling, but I do live in the Boston area and that's always like, a change in the air when you live here and like students coming back and things like that. Um, But it is a little different this year for a lot of people. So it does feel strange, but I have had my first pumpkin spice latte already. So I'm already feeling very, very fall right now. I'm really having some feelings about that because I did not have, I usually have a frappuccino on the first day that feels like summer. It's like my my personal ritual. I did not have that this summer because at that point I was like not feeling comfortable going anywhere I didn't have to yet. And now I'm having some kind of feelings about it being fall and, and, and not feeling like I can go get a pumpkin spice latte, but I might just make that happen. I think we this is a safe space for basicness. Uh, I actually am having the first experience of working at a school uh, during the back to school period, during this weird back to school period. And like, because I work in communications, it's a lot of thinking about like, how do we create that back to school feeling? 
even though this semester is super weird (laughs) and there are like students who literally can't get into the country and like so it's been really interesting and it was kind of funny to do this because like obviously the last few weeks have been really busy because of the academic calendar and it was really fun to be kind of thinking about these books that make me feel like back to school at the same time that like professionally I'm thinking very hard about like how do we give students this experience especially like first year students in a time that is just bizarre. It's a fun exercise and it was fun to think about and I think I was like a little bit surprised by my choices honestly. That's fair. Yeah, it's uh it's super weird and I can't imagine what it's like to like be starting university in the midst of all this. Yeah, it's it's bizarre, but uh and maybe I don't know, maybe that has something to do with why like all of the books that I was thinking of were not just like high school books. Um, which I think is partially because, like, my high school experience was just very, like, different from, like, the sort of, like, quintessential, like, TV and YA novel high school experience. So I've never, like, super related to those books, but all of the books that I ended up thinking about were, like, semi-fantastical boarding school books or, like, fantasy school books, which maybe matches that feeling of, of unrealness this year. It's funny that you mention, um having like a not like TV, like quintessential, like high, high school experience. Cause I also did not have that either, which is why I was, I've actually been drawn to like all the very like contemporary, like the American high school YA books. Um, I feel like I read those a lot. So when I was thinking through this, I was thinking about like how like YA is so great. And like the like stories, I like are the ones that have the like the school play that runs through the year and like that people are preparing for through the year or like um, like prom stories or things like that where it's or like homecoming dances. I like didn't have that experience, but I like loved reading about them. I found that I had to kind of edit myself because some of the books I had to keep myself like a very narrow filter, both to avoid books that I have just talked to death like I, I can't talk about A Great and Terrible Beauty by Libba Bray anymore I'm not allowed I'm cut off everybody should read it it's great but I'm not allowed to talk about it anymore uh, which is like one of my big fall books like I also go for definitely like witchy books in the fall but I am gonna have to just hang in there till October for that but yeah I definitely it's funny I definitely was like thinking about fantasy as well let's just like because let's just jump in there. I'm going to start because I feel like I actually have one that comes more from the like quintessential American high school book thing and one that's more on the like fantasy weird realm. So my first book that sort of makes me think school uh, is Looking for Alaska by John Green, which I think is one of the first John Green books I read. I think it is the first John Green book I read because I remember feeling like I had discovered John Green when I found it. And being like, everybody should read this. This is so good. So looking for Alaska, it's, you know, it's a boarding school book. It's also sad and serious because John Green often does that. But it really is, it, it in, engages with the idea of boarding school really well, with the idea of kind of like, what do kids do when they have this space that is just away from adults and they're kind of inventing themselves. There's a lot of self-discovery. There's a lot of discovering friendship. And there was something I was really drawn to boarding school books as a teenager. 
I don't know exactly what that is. Another book that makes me think of this but that we've reviewed before is, is Tradition by Brendan Kylie. That's one we reviewed way, way early on the show. Uh, but there's something about like a boarding school book takes the school book and just like amps it up to another dimension, right? It's like you have the school calendar and then it kind of gets amped up because the school calendar is the only thing going on because like you're not seeing your parents or whatever. And I always, I feel like in boarding school books, there's like often a, and that year I didn't go home for the holidays, like twist thing that happens where they kind of like break the, uh, the routine by having that. But yeah, Looking for Alaska, it's good, it's sad, it's uh, definitely very academic because it just happens within one school year. And it's kind of that, like, the school year that changed everything. Yeah, so it's my first one. I haven't read that book in so long. But it is, it is, from what I remember, it is, yeah, very much a, a school book. And there is really something about boarding school books. So my first one that I'll talk about in a minute is also a boarding school book. And I wonder if it's a little bit of a something like what Eunice was talking about about liking the sort of quintessential high school books because that's not something she got to experience. And I think for me, part of it is it's like, oh, like the, there's some, there's a kind of a mystique around like the idea of boarding school, which, which I think like is part of like my enjoyment at like reading boarding school books. Yeah, I haven't read Looking for Alaska actually, I have to admit. Um, I've, only read like maybe two John Green books and Looking for Alaska was not one of them. But yes, one of my books is also a boarding school book. So there must be something about like YA and like boarding school being like very compelling. Um, so one of the books that I'm going to be talking about, I don't know if we should mention this now, but I'm going to mention it, um, is uh, Anna and the French Kiss. And I think what you were saying, uh, Tepper, about um, boarding school taking the school calendar and just like amplifying it is kind of what you feel in um, in that in uh, Anna and the French Kiss as well. And yeah, it's just like the story being tied to so closely to the school calendar is kind of like where the like action ebbs and flows. And I think I really really like that. And it's like so easy to follow and very familiar. Um, and um, I think that's also kind of what makes like school books like super compelling. I haven't read Anna and the French Kiss. Um, I think because I like avoided books that had kisses in the title for some reason. I just got it in my head that like if it talks about kissing, it's like not serious literature at some point. I mean, and I say this as somebody who also was had Anna and the French Kiss on my list until yesterday we were talking and Eunice was like, oh yeah, I'm going to talk about that one. I was like, cool, I'll just jump on that, but I'll bring up something else. Um, it's not serious literature, but it is very fun. I mean, who needs serious literature, really? Like, we're, that's kind of the whole thing behind this podcast is not everything needs to be, I don't know, Hemingway. In fact, I think we have enough Hemingway and nothing else needs to be Hemingway. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. There's also a universality, right? Like whether or not you had the quintessential high school experience, like 80s rom-com experience, everybody went to high school pretty much. Like I guess some people homeschooled through high school, but like most people have gone through school. And even when you homeschool, I say as a former homeschooler, you still have some of the rhythm of the school year. You still have your homeschool groups. You still like have a sad prom. Yeah, but like there is 
it, it really is. I feel like as adults, like we were just talking about kind of the rhythm of the school year. And I feel like we all keep the rhythm of the school year. Like it's one of those things that it, it's it's not a calendar that makes any sense culturally anymore. You know, it was like kids went to school in the winter because they weren't needed on the farm. And we just kept that for some reason. And we still have sort of arbitrarily vacations around Christian holidays, even though probably most people aren't Christian anymore. But it's like this thing that we've kept in our in our culture that we just kind of all agree about that like summer is vacation time and Christmas is vacation time and like fall is when you get serious about things. And that makes it really universal and familiar and cozy to just kind of, you know, you've had your summer of freewheeling and freedom and you do have, I wonder if you can make an argument that YA books are broken into summer books and school year books. Because I'm thinking about like Sister of the Traveling Pants, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, and like all of the Sarah Dessen books ever. And those are definitely summer books. And then there's also the books that are like definitely school year books. Yeah, I think there's some way that would resist that categorization, but I think that that's definitely a thing. Yeah, the other thing that I think maybe about about boarding school books specifically is like there's definitely yeah, that that like rhythm of the school year and it's like heightened with the boarding school book like you were both talking about because like it's the whole your whole life is is the school year basically. But I think there's also something about um boarding school books where like the idea of friendship is really really heightened because you're you're taking kids away from their families and stuff basically. So it's like there's this kind of like at least in boarding school books I've never been to boarding school there's this sort of like hyper intensity to the friendships because that's like your sole source of like social connection and support and stability is like you know your roommate or whatever um and I think that's a dynamic that I've always like enjoyed in the boarding school books is like the really good friendships um, and Anna and the French Kiss des- definitely has some very good friendships. Yeah, the friendships are very important in that book. Um, and I think it is also interesting way to kind of um, explore independence without the like grown-ups necessarily present. And I think that's really apparent in Anna and the French Kiss because also like, she's shipped away like I guess in the beginning of the book to a different country she's um studying in Paris and I think she's originally from I don't know like a southern country it might be Georgia I'm not really I don't I can't quite recall um but so basically it's like a culture shock for her she also doesn't want to be there so that's kind of like the impetus of her like having to deal with this like kind of crappy situation and kind of how she like finds herself becomes comfortable with herself um kind of sees herself out of the context that she was brought out of um and i think boarding school books i think boarding school books are good good with like exploring that type of independence I'm I'm gonna talk about Brendan Kiley one more time because uh, this is making me remember when we interviewed him ages ago. Now, uh, I think he was our first interview actually, 
Um, but I, we asked him why there aren't any parents in his books, basically, because like he writes mainly kids who are away from their parents. And what he said was actually exactly what you just said, that getting rid of the parents gives the kid more chance to have more like autonomy and make more kind of grand gestures and grand mistakes and take risks. And that's just like... It was like it's it's more interesting to me and it's also like easier because when there's something I want the character to do that like no parent would let them do in a million years um the parents aren't there so like uh but also because then there's like a focus on uh friendships and also on um other adult relationships like relationships with other adults which I haven't read Anna and the French Kiss so I don't know if that um occurs at all but it's something that I see in like boarding school books. You have the kids will find the teacher or the administrator or the janitor or whoever and like create um, a relationship with different adults, which I always think is cool. I always like that in books. Yeah, absolutely. That's like a really good kind of facet of it as well. Before we go on from talking about Anna and the French Kiss, I have to say as soon as you said, oh, and she gets sent away to, to Paris, I was like, ah. Oh! it's yeah. a french kiss anyway yeah. i just wanted to put that out there okay please go ahead yeah it's in yeah. the french kiss because yeah. like because she's, she's in, in france yeah wink wink <laughs> it also that book is also just like it's a charming sweeping love story like it's a real good like cheesy ya romance and eunice i want to give you a chance to say anything more you want to say about that before i bring up oh. my next one yeah no the reason i love um it is because it is a romance and like it's interesting because like it's a romance um that it happens um without that like um rigid the boundaries of like parental structures you know like it's just like anything can happen they're in paris like it's just like seems kind of like more of a fantasy uh, to me anyway but i'm just like it yeah it's just like a really like cute um like nod to like it being like the city of love and like <laughs> it's just it's just so great that it's it's just like unapologetically like all about the sappy romance wait can you give me a quick synopsis since i have not read it yeah so basically anna um gets sent away to boarding school because her dad is like this nicholas sparks character who like writes these books but like is basically like you need like you need like i don't know like I'm like this famous author now and you and I have money and I'm going to send you to boarding school. And she's like, I hate this. This is the worst. I know it's Paris, but I'm going to complain. <laughs> um, and then she goes to board. She goes to this boarding school and um, immediately like finds this like sexy, like <laughs> roommate person who's like living on the floor above her or something. Um, and it's like, ooh. But like, but actually, he's like dating another girl, um, and in this like friend group. But she had already graduated. Um, but she like falls in with this friend group. It's like him, um, another like couple that are dating, but like are kind of on the outs. 
and then this girl who's I think her like across the um like across the hall neighbor um but like the whole and, her, and the whole thing is like she's also like a cinephile mm-hmm. so she like one way she like really likes um like gets used to like being in France is like through like the cinema culture right and so basically it's just like it's all of them throughout the school year and she's like kind of growing closer to this guy she has a crush on um he's like this kind of broody like expat but not really like who has like a who has a troubled relationship with this like horrible father <laughs> um and his name is like Etienne there that there's just something lost when you live in Quebec because <laughs> it's just like oh yeah Etienne like I know like six Etiennes yeah but like she's just like oh my god yeah. like um but like in the beginning it's like they're friends um and she's like still kind of hung up on this guy like she left back in her hometown um but like obviously the attraction is growing and they can no longer just be friends and she's like worried that it's going to ruin like the friend group he's also like super like avoidant because he has this girlfriend and like but things are obviously not going well with her and like basically all the drama um because of this friend group right and she's and, but like you know, happily ever after. In the end, they get together, and all things are resolved. <laughs> that sounds delicious. It's a really just like delicious book, and I now think that I may end up just reading it again immediately. <laughs> um, I also really like how realistically, like they're very realistically teenagers in that book. In terms, of, like 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 they're compelling characters, and and it's great, and like, but they're they just do so many like very teenager things and it's very like refreshing and and just like great like I'm thinking about how well there's the whole yeah like I don't want to go to Paris this is the worst <laughs> but then I also love there's a bit where like yeah she's like a huge cinemaphile but she doesn't like she does not know or realize that Paris is like known as like the cinema like one of the cinema capitals of the world until um cute French slash British boy tells her and it's really funny uh and there's just lots of great moments like that (laughs) it's 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 good I I recommend so my my other one is also a like international boarding school book because apparently this is a genre I enjoy um because it's like on top of boarding school there's like I'm in like this like fancy cosmopolitan city across the world so my other one is one that we've actually done on the podcast before so please forgive but it's Name of the Star by Maureen Johnson, which is, so it's also a ghost book, but it's, uh, the, the main character is going to, Rory is her name, is going to boarding school in London for, for the year. And then there's also, like, hijinks involving, like, secret ghost police, and it's just, like, very silly and great. But it, it has all of those, like, very fun aspects of, like boarding school in in another country and in this like big bustling city and the rules are all different now and new friend group and how do I kind of adapt to all of this I actually sometimes despite the fact that Anna and the French Kiss definitely does not have secret ghost police and Name of the Star definitely does have secret ghost police I often actually get those books a little bit messed up mixed up because they have 
many similar elements apart from the secret ghost police. That sounds like fun. I haven't, I don't think I've ever even heard of this book. Um, but yeah. Is it contemporary? Yeah. It's like, I mean, not like, I think it, it came out within the last 10 years, I think. But it's, it's historic. Like it's, it's like the characters oh, yeah, are no, in history, right? Right. Yes. So, yeah. It's, it's set like, yeah, it's, it's set current day kind of thing. Oh, it is. Okay. I just, I really, yeah. but isn't it? So the ghost police are investigating. Is it the one with Jack the Ripper? But it's not actual Jack the Ripper. So there's a ghost that is recreating Jack the Ripper's crimes. Okay. And so the secret ghost police have to investigate. Of course. Of course. The ghost Jack the Ripper. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, yeah. So it's like horror, but not actually. It's like horror that I can handle um, (laughs) because it's also just very silly. Uh, But it's a good time if you need like a good, like semi-spooky international boarding school book, uh, recommend. Nice. Yeah, that sounds super cool. Kind of switching gears a little bit. Um, my second book is not a boarding school book. It is a um, contemporary, just like like I said, quintessential like high school experience. But um, this one is Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda by mm-hmm. Becky Albertalli. I think so much of this book um, works because it's set in the high school um, backdrop with like all the very like quintessential like high school things like there's a I think there's like a school fair there's a play that um, Simon is in or like is working or, or like he's like stage managers or something I, I can't remember but um, but yes and all on the backdrop of like a budding romance secret admirer like just so much of um this book is like everything that i love in a ya book um so it always gives me like warm fuzzies as well you know something very embarrassing i have still not read simon versus the homo sapiens agenda i i'm not i'm not proud of it i really should have by now i think we even did we even uh review it Bailey and I just wasn't on that episode or did we not have we not I have read it I think we maybe talked about it in a roundup I might have mentioned it in a roundup because I don't like it's it's a while ago that I read it so if like it, it would have been definitely in the era when it was just you and I hosting so I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast because I definitely read it like before Caddy mm-hmm. was a host but it's good I I Thank you for reminding me that it exists, Eunice, because I'm like, ooh, that's another, like, fun one that I could reread. Uh, I do remember liking it a lot and just, like, being delighted by it. But, yeah, we have not read it on the show. We should. Yeah, this one I picked because um, it definitely follows the school year and um, because, like, in the book, um, Simon is writing to, like, a, sec- a secret admirer and then the the identity of this person is not revealed until this like great like build up um, in the end where they they like arrange like a time to meet. I don't want to give like too much away, Tefer, because I really want <laughs> you to read it and not like be spoiled by it. Yeah. But like basically, it like culminates in this like great scene where they like meet each other, and it's kind of or like 
or he feels like, oh, like I missed this opportunity, but like, oh no, this is the person. Like he, so he's trying to figure out who this person is throughout the book. And you're also trying to do that Mm -hmm. with him, like as a reader. Um, But like, it has so many great like elements of um, like, yeah, just like the high school experience. Um, And that's like scattered in between there. There's some great like friendships also, like a friendship group, friend group in the series too. And like talk about like cliques and um, obviously like about um, like coming out because um, that's also a big part of the um, the book where um, Simon is um, like kind of worried about like coming out to like people around him and his high school because like sometimes like high school sucks um, already and so he's like thinking like oh why do I need to like deal with this part as well as part of his like identity um so all of that is just like set in this like wonderful backdrop of this like um school culture so that's why I had to pick this book my second book is also not a boarding school book I found a not a boarding school book and it's it's a little weirder but it was the one that kind of kept coming up when I thought about it and it's actually a wind in the door uh, by Madeline Lengal, which is the second book in the Time Quintet. Um, so it's the book that comes after A Wrinkle in Time. And A Wind in the Door largely does not happen in school um, because it largely happens inside somebody's cell, like their body's cell, because Madeline Lengal can get away with stuff that no other writer can, in my opinion. But a major character in the book is Meg Murray's principal, Mr. Jenkins. And I'm thinking about this one because I'm reading A Wrinkle in Time with with my daughter right now. And I was struck reading it that Mr. Jenkins is really not that bad in A Wrinkle in Time. Like, I definitely had him from childhood played up as being this terrible villain. And I was reading it and it's just like, no, he's just exhausted and like trying to do his job. But in um, A Wind in the Door, which is this wild book that has angels and mitochondria and degenerative cellular diseases and also a high school principal or a middle school principal the principal gets kind of sucked on this time traveling shrinking adventure with them and meg has to kind of get over her animosity towards a principal who has made life difficult for her uh, and find a way to like work together to save her little brother who is ill and um, I really like the part where this this school principal looms so large, is like the overwhelming villain in Meg's life. Uh, because she is, you know, miserable and awkward and unhappy with herself, and he's the authority figure who she can kind of rail against the most. But there's something really fun about taking a character and then taking her principal. And then being like, here, you're traveling through time with an angel. And also you're going into your little brother's mitochondria. Have fun. Yeah, I have only, I'm trying to remember, I've definitely read part of that book and I'm trying to remember if I finished it. But yeah, the idea of having like, you don't often have books that like, like if a teacher or principal is a major character, it's usually because they're like a really positive influence in in the main character's life. So it's cool to have this one where you have 
this teacher where she who she really doesn't like become a big figure in the book. Yeah, I think that's. Yeah, I don't think I can think of anyone any um, book that does that where you take the person like the teacher or the adult in your life that's yeah I don't I don't think I can recall a book I actually probably don't really like reading books where there's like adult figures who (laughs) I don't know kind of um, can't even think of an example but um, yeah I think that's a cool take on like the idea of school where you have a teacher where she's not um where she doesn't have a good relationship with them but then kind of have to um like grow that relationship throughout the book so is it that like I haven't read the book either so is it that she um kind of sees him as this like an overbearing authority figure yeah so like I haven't I actually haven't read a a wind in the door in a while but I read it a lot um, and f- and I'm interested to read it again as an adult and see how my perspective changes as it did with A Wrinkle in Time. But he, the the it's really like the book almost reads like magical realism. And there are times in it when he kind of gets a possessed or like manip- his, her perception of him gets manipulated by like forces of evil um, to make him seem much worse than he is. Um but it really is basically he's the high school principal she's extremely bright but she doesn't work well in the school system and this book was written in like i think the 60s so like very different school system than we have now Mm -hmm. um so their tension is always that he's like well you're very bright but you should just apply yourself and she's like well i don't want to apply myself and and like she also gets in fights a lot so she like gets in trouble at school a lot so he is like antagonistic to her because he is the school authority who's sending her home for fighting or, you know, she has to go to his office when she gets kicked out of class for making a fuss or something. Um, and in the first book, there's a big tension because obviously in A Wrinkle in Time, her father is missing and he's one of the adults who says, shouldn't you, you know, accept he's gone and move on at this point? Um, And so that's like a really big grudge that she holds against him. But he sort of, I mean, with Lengel's universe, there are no accidents, really. But he kind of stumbles in by accident. He just like happened to come by the house to talk to her mother when this big thing was happening. And he kind of got caught in and pulled along for the ride. And he's very, he plays very much, you know, the like, the like dour white man who's kind of like, what is magic? What are angels? All of this is very silly. And he's just like trying desperately to hold to his perception of reality throughout this experience. So I actually am feeling really sympathetic to him on this read through so far. But yeah, it's just funny. Like the more I talk about it, the more I realize it's such a funny batshit writerly move. Um, to be like here you have to save your little brother and the world and your principal is coming along um but I think also Madeline Lengel books always make me think of school because they do often reference school and they're also just they're all set in New England in autumn (laughs) and there's something so nice about reading about New England in autumn And they're all, like, they live in a big stone farmhouse, and they're always, like, making hot chocolate. And there's always, like, 
a bowl of chrysanthemums on the table and it's just it's just so picturesque there's always like the falls apples lying on the ground and like it's just it's it's a very school year it's a very autumnal feel that is ambiance i think is extremely important in a like a back to school book for me like something that's that's evocative and that like makes me like feel excited and magical, which I think is why I like the like international boarding school ones. But also, yes, like the the ambiance of like New England in autumn. Or my next one that I'm gonna talk about is it's fantasy boarding school. And I also like fall is just like I just wanna read fantasy books. Me too. There's something about fall and fantasy. I also like that's when I wanna read fantasy is in the fall. Yeah, so my my next pick is um, is a Tamara Pierce series, specifically the first two books. So it's the first two books, or the first book, but really the first two books in the Protector of the Small series. So First Test and Page. Um, and so these are books about a girl who is going to undertake her page training to become a knight. And she is the, the first girl in the kingdom to have done this sort of above the table. So there was there was a girl like a a dozen years back who who went through her page training disguised as a boy the whole time and became a knight and then a new law was passed saying that girls could become pages. Um and so Kelladry is the, is the main character and so she's the first one to to actually try this and and so it's I mean it, there's a lot of different things going on but it, at its heart it's like a magical school book even though there's like she's not a magical she does not have magic but it's in a world that has magic and it's you know she's training to be a knight and she's also you know facing a lot of misogynistic bullies and she befriends some semi-magical animals and and it's just a very good um fantasy boarding school time oh wow yeah um i feel like it's been a while since i've read a fantasy boarding school ones but I remember really loving um that whole aspect because on top of the whole like you're away from your parents thing like the magic element is always so great because it just gives that like extra thing of like you you're like discovering a new world um and so it's like an it's kind of like another way of like introducing this whole like independent streak that we were talking about um but like with the added bonus of magic and i love what you guys said about um discovering fantasy in the fall because i think it is like just that like magical time whereas like i feel like summer is kind of for me like for romance but um like fall is where you kind of get into the like magical creatures and um world building and um yeah this is definitely a thing this year i've stepped it up a notch and i'm actually reading aaron murphy hiscock's book the house witch so i'm stepping it up from reading fantasy to working on becoming fantasy it's really fun i highly recommend it it's nice to read it's all about how you can make your house a magical sanctuary that's wonderful so uh yeah not not just reading about witches but becoming a witch i that's, like it that's my autumn goal <laughs> i'm gonna be a full-fledged witch by yeah <laughs> by 2021 it's gonna happen it's gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> cool well i think we can wrap it up 
Um, I also kind of thought about while thinking about books for this, and this could be just like a different episode. Um, and I don't know if you guys had this as an episode, um, but um, I thought about books, um, like YA books for like YA, um, the YA audience, but written about like going to college or like starting college, I think is a whole like, like other like world genre kind of thing in the YA world. Um, so I also kind of like thought about, oh, like we should probably do an episode about that. That is a fun concept. That's something I've encountered. And I will admit that I feel like a tiny bit curmudgeonly about those books. But like they are still because I'll be like, YA is about high school. But they are still teenagers and new adult is a category kind of bombed. So like, yeah, I think that would be really cool and interesting. And I could maybe work through some of my feelings about it. Yeah, I say that because um, I was listening to an interview um, with this author who's coming out with this new book um, called, I think, Everybody Looking. The author's name is Candace Elo. Um, and she has a new book coming out. And she was saying that, like, high school is, like, the target, like, audience for, like, OIA, like, high schoolers, for example. Um, kind of, like, the prep is to, like, think about, like, what college life is going to be like. And I thought that was really interesting. I'd never heard any, like, author talk about that. So that, like, like books that talk about, like, the first year of college is actually kind of developmentally appropriate for like high schoolers to read um, just to kind of like prepare them for like the next step. And I thought that was such a like interesting um, like take on that. So it made me think about like, oh yeah, there is a room in YA for books um, that talk about college for sure. Yeah, I feel like I've only read like two YA books like that and I'd be interested in reading more. And one of them, interestingly, was a book that you loved, Teffer. So I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm interested in the fact that you have such strong feelings about this. Which book? Uh, American Panda. Oh, mm-hmm. I have to retract everything I just said. American Panda is one of the best YA books. I love it so much. Eunice, have you read American Panda? <laughs> I haven't read it. Oh yet. my god, you have to read it. It's in Cambridge. It's where know, you live. Yeah. And it's the MIT, right? Yeah, and there's such good food, and it's really good. And, like, I found, for me, that even though her family is, like, Taiwanese and, like, culturally very different from mine, I found it extremely cathartic having grown up in, like, a restrictive religious home. Anyway, I just think it's great. I think it's so good. I, I love it. It's so good, and it makes me hungry, and I need to... That's my... I, can I change mine? I want that one. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually slightly surprised that you didn't bring it up because you do love that book I'm, so much. I'm working on myself. I'm trying to not repeat books. Mm, <laughs> fair. Thanks for listening to Yeah. If you want to leave feedback, suggest a book for us to read, or just say hi, send us an email at theyapodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at yapodcast, and individually, I'm at the Balesosaurus. Uh, I'm at Teffer Bear. And I'm on Instagram at so Unicorn Reads a Book. That's Unicorn with the E. If you like the show and want to help us make it even better, consider supporting us on Patreon. You can get all kinds of great perks, including early access to bonus content, shoutouts, guest appearances, and more. Head to patreon.com slash yeah to donate. Shout out to our patrons, especially our new patrons, 
Emily, Megan, Matt, Erica, Lizzie, Chantal, Catherine, and Kat. We love you guys. You are great. We have merch. Hit the merch link in the description of this episode to get some from the fine folks over at TeePublic. You can also support us for free by leaving a rating and review on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts, subscribing on Spotify, and sharing this episode with a friend. Special thanks to Great Bear for letting us use their song Jenny's Groove as our theme music. You can find their music for sale at greatbearmusic.bandcamp.com. This episode was produced by Tefra Jemian and edited by Tom Zalatnai as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at upfordnetwork.com. I'm Tom Zalatnai, executive producer of the Upford Network and host and producer of Up for Discussion, a podcast about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. But wait, isn't Up for Discussion a comedy podcast? It sure was, but things change. It's a food show now, and it's a very, very good food show. Every week, I dig into a different ingredient, dish, meal, or cuisine with help from friends and guest experts who know way more about this stuff than I do. Do you like food? Of course you do. You're a person. So you will like this show. Go listen to it. Wherever you get your podcasts. Up for discussion. It's a food podcast now. Brought to you by the Upford Network. Hi, I'm Howard Mitnick, host of Gateway Music. Join me as I talk with people about the artists and albums that changed their lives and about the artists and albums that changed mine. Available on the Upford Network and wherever you get your podcasts.